This podcast, as always, is brought to you by Ben, a place where everyone, but especially men and boys, can open up about their mental health issues, break down stigmas and start conversations. I'm your host, Freddie Cocker. Each pod, I check in with a special guest, we have a natter about all things mental health, as well as anything and everything else they are passionate about. If it helps that person with their mental health, we'll discuss it. I love interviewing men who are helping fight the good fight for men's mental health and who give a platform to those at the start of their journey. It gives me so much pride. My special guest for today's episode ticks both those boxes. His name is Jake Shinmetta, and he's the founder of More For Men's Minds. MFMM, as we abbreviate it to, is a platform dedicated to raising awareness of men's mental health and suicide. It offers advice, links to support, and encourages men to share their personal experiences of mental health. Jake Shin currently works in the NHS after he deferred his final year at Leeds University. He also has a crowdfunder for MFMM, which we'll put in the show notes as well. In this episode, we discuss male body image, Jakeshin's undiagnosed ADHD, which he is still waiting for a referral of at the time of recording, living through COVID at university, self-esteem, and his experience of counselling and therapy too. This is how our conversation went. Kish, welcome to the Just Checking In Pod, mate. I always love giving a platform to other men who are starting out their journey into the mental health space. And when we spoke off air, your energy levels rose massively when we discussed more for men's minds. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the pod. But first things first, how are you getting on, bro? Especially as you're not a student at the moment, but you're living with students during the pandemic. You know, I'm doing all right. You know, I think same as everybody, I'm just sort of like trying to get by sort of thing. But it is difficult at times, but I think... You know, I'm just trying to like get through the same as everybody else. I am doing okay. Thanks for having me today. No worries, man. We've got a lot to crack on with. So shall we just start the show? Let's jump straight into this pod and talk about your own journey, Kish. So I ask all my special guests this question first. Walk me through your early life growing up in Wales, maybe your teenage years, family. And looking back, were there any early mental health experiences you can pinpoint? Who's the Kishin we meet here? So, yeah, I'm from a small town in South Wales called Aberdeen, actually from Cumbach. And I grew up there, you know, it's, it's one of those places where everybody knows each other. If something happens to you, like, in the morning, everybody knows about it by, like, the evening, that sort of thing. Like, everybody knows everything. A very lovely place, but I feel like we're so secluded that sometimes I feel like you don't really see what's going on. Like, what happens in that village, you don't really get an experience of what's happening outside of that. So me moving to Leeds was a big thing for me because I was, like, I've opened up to a lot of things. But, yeah, me growing up as a child was, like, quite good. But one thing that I noticed most was, obviously... I'm an Asian boy, and Aberdeen is a very white populated place. And that's one thing that I think I've realised was a major difference now, because because it was so, such a white populated area, I think it was quite difficult at times. Obviously, me being a boy and all my other issues, my childhood and that sort of things, that was definitely a factor to maybe the way I am now. My family life was good. Obviously, as I said, similar thing, like obviously Asian family, white populated area, different lifestyles, me trying to fit in with everybody else, but also me trying to like be with my family. And it was like sort of like, probably like a struggle with identity probably because 
and then got to a stage where I was probably maybe too white for like my family but then too brown for other people it's like one of those sort of things and that's probably just down to society to be honest and obviously the way things are with that I feel like growing up I was always sort of reminded about being Asian that sort of thing the fact that I was different was always like clear to me so I think that's one thing that's maybe stuck with me since I was young and I feel like now I'm older I feel like I realize now that actually as a child that can affect you sort of thing but yeah, I grew up with five sisters, lovely mum and dad, amazing family. Couldn't thank them enough. But obviously, another thing is like having five sisters. I grew up a little bit different to other boys. I have more feminine traits sometimes. And then to like the outside world of men, doesn't come across so well sort of thing. And especially back in 2000 and wherever, toxic masculinity, you know, if you have a little bit of, of a feminine trait, you're branded as something and at that time of year people weren't as open-minded and stuff and people were just horrible so i had a bit of a tough childhood you know i always seemed to have more friends as girls and boys and i didn't really have a good group of mates up until i joined secondary school and i think that that was always a weird thing to me because in my head i was just being normal and fine and whatever but to other people i was just sort of like to other guys they always saw me being you know, kind, caring, and what maybe has these feminine traits into them. It was like, hang on, he's not acting like a tough, rough boy. That's not normal. And so I feel like I was sort of like pushed down. And like, it sort of gave people more reasons to like pick on me as a child sort of thing because I wasn't acting like the typical lad. School was good. Looking back on it now, school was one of my best times of my life. But at the same time, I look back and I think about it a bit more and I was like, actually, it didn't start off so good. School was quite tough, especially when I was younger. I did get bullied a little bit, but it wasn't like crazy. But I did get bullied a little bit. And sometimes it was to do with the colour of my skin. Sometimes it was to do with maybe me being a bit feminine. And then going into secondary school, I remember when I first started secondary school, I was, I was a really fat kid, as I'm sure some of us are. Um, I was really fat and I think... Going into a new school, new people, and there's all these older people in like sixth form who are like built and jacked up, that sort of thing. It's very easy to pick on the new children. Maybe you just mess about with people, and I was obviously the feminine thing as well. People used to, you know, sort of like bully me a little bit, and like family members always used to say things about my weight and stuff like that. And I feel like all those things slowly building up always stick with you as a child because your mind's not really fully formed for you to like understand things so somebody says in the two you take it hard straight away for me i feel like when i was about 11 12 i feel like that's when i feel like my issues started really i feel like that's when i actually first started to struggle a little bit and i didn't really realize that up until recently that's when it started but yeah i feel like i started to struggle with form of identity issues with my body issues with my mind because you know i had i was surrounded by all these laddie lads who you know either played football or rugby or this sort of thing and you had to fit into a category in school and when i first started school the only people i knew in my school when i first started were my friends of girls that went to the same school as me so um i had to make a whole new set of friends and i was bothering with these girls for so long that me literally me bothering with these girls for a whole year i got branded and like you sort of get picked on just, just purely based on that. And it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how much times have changed because I literally did get picked on just because I was friends to girls. So that's a bit mad. But I feel like 
I kept on trying to fit in then with other people sort of things so sort it of changed and I feel like because I was doing that from so young I feel like that's something that stays you I feel like you're constantly trying to please people around you sort of thing and I think now that I'm an adult I feel like maybe I sort of tried to do the similar sort of thing where I try to like please people and try to like make sure that I, I'm sort of like fitting in with people sort of thing but I seem, I seem to care about it a little bit less now as a kid I started to you know resent myself in certain ways because of how people used to maybe pick on me or point out things. That's when it first started because I think all these reasons other people were picking on me, I then started to hate myself for those reasons. And that's what I'm saying, I look back and I think when I got to about 13, I actually made my really a group of mates and we got closer and I'm friends with everybody now still, like we're still so close and I miss everybody from school. And that's why I remember, I'm trying to remember the good days of school because after that, they were like some of the best years of my life. And things started to change as we, you know, came into like 2015, 2016 onwards. Like people did used to change. And I think people getting to know me helped. I feel like people didn't start to judge as much and end up just being friends with people rather than them thinking, actually, this boy's this, this boy's that. Like you start to care about a lot less about that as you grow up. But I don't blame anybody for that. I think I just, it's how society is, how we've grown up to think all these certain things. But I left school with amazing mates and with great and valuable experiences and amazing memories and that's how I try to remember school. I have a very loving family, although I feel like I was maybe, because of all the issues in school and with the friendship group and the society, I feel like when I took things home to my family, I feel like I was sort of like, maybe a bit of a brat at times to my family because I was a typical teenage boy going through typical teenage problems maybe took that one out of my family so then I started to have issues at home with my family because I was then trying to be this whole different type of person at home I obviously just didn't fit in with my family because they went completely strict being an Asian family they're not a typical strict Asian family as people may think but they were just very different to how my friends my friends parents were so yeah it was, a, it was sort of a struggle at home then because then I was a whole different person trying to be a teenager and go out and drink and do all these things and do all the things my friends were doing. My family constantly used to remind me that I was not my friends and I was not my friend's family and things were different at home. And so it was really hard to have that sort of balance. When we spoke off air, mate, body image was definitely a big talking point and you touched on loads of things that we were going to discuss. But one thing I did want to talk about before we move on is around how it's presented in society around male body image because a lot of times we are, as men, presented with this archetype of a man has to be always popular if he is big shredded muscly and it's pretty much an impossible body type for most men to achieve you know it's it's bulky but it's also shredded so you have to have a very small amount of body fat but you also have about to have a big amount of muscle how big a problem do you think it is in popular culture and how do you think we solve it i think it's quite a big problem you know i think it starts so young as well for example love island all these people that go into the show are They've built in shape and there's maybe just one person. They don't have quite defined abs maybe, but they're still like in really good shape. And then they consider the one who's like not really perfect or whatever. And I think it's dangerous. It's very dangerous for people who are young and watch the show and this sort of thing. Me especially, like, you know, everybody, even from school, everybody's expected to be like sporty lads and in really good shape sort of thing. And what society deems is like hot or whatever is that like, jacked a person and I'm glad things are starting to change a little bit 
but unfortunately it is still recently in those times where you know people expect it to be lean and muscly and that is how people seem to be attractive you know it's not easy to get to that you need to put in a lot of work and you need to put in a lot of effort it takes like control it takes dieting and especially if you're struggling with maybe mental health and stuff it's not as easy to maybe work on every single day and so for me especially I've always actually had issues in my body but I think because of my struggle I've actually found it hard to get into that shape like I've always wanted to exercise every single day but sometimes if I don't feel too good I don't want to exercise I haven't got the energy to exercise and I put things off but although I'm putting things off I'm also then grilling myself because I don't look like all these other guys and I'm not in shape you know not as good and you start getting in unhealthy habits I personally remember from school I've been a fat chubby teenager like as some people were I sort of like used to put a pillow on my lap and used to cover my stomach and that's something I still do now and that just used to be to cover my stomach also used to pull up my tops to stretch them so that they weren't as tight anymore and these are all things I used to do purely because I felt that my body was disgusting compared to all these other boys that I saw on TV, all these other boys that were around me in school, all the lads played football, the lads played rugby, everybody who was going to the gym every single day, and I just couldn't do it for some reason, and it was quite tricky. And I feel like people need to understand that to get that sort of body, it's not about just getting good shape. You need to actually learn to like love the body you have now, and you want to make it better sort of thing if that's what you want to do it's not something that you should like think oh i want to have this body because it is the perfect body you should want to have the body because that's how you want to look you shouldn't have to do it because you feel like you have to it should be because you want to i think that's where men especially should draw the line because i think if you're trying to attain this sort of body purely because you think it's the perfect sort of body i feel like that's unhealthy you're only gonna get in a downward spiral again unhealthy behaviors because of that we as men need to also empower each other let each other know that you know we look good you know it doesn't matter what you look like sort of thing that's the only way we can really move forward from that is if we all sort of like teach each other about how you should really like sort of love yourself and love your body and that sort of thing really let's talk about your experiences receiving counseling and therapy now kish what prompted you to seek it out and how has it helped your mental health? Like most of us, I understand after your first couple of sessions, you realised you had a lot more going on in your mind than you thought. And also, after a few sessions, they weren't perhaps as useful for you. Is that right? Yeah, so basically, last year during the pandemic, in March, my friend stayed for a little bit at the uni home, and then they all went home to their families. I didn't go home at that point. So I stayed in lockdown in Leeds for five weeks completely by myself, isolated. And because it was at the start of the pandemic, nobody was seen each other, it was, so it was purely just me. And I'm not the type of person who spends time by themselves, which sounds silly. Like, I never used to really spend time by myself unless it was to sleep. I always used to be with my housemates, with anybody, just to not be alone. So this pandemic, those five weeks that I had in the lockdown last year were a major, major turnaround for me because... It was the first time I also had mumps. I had mumps like the week before we went into lockdown. So I actually had to isolate for five days because of that. And that was tricky because, like I said, I, I never used to like my own company. So having to have five days isolated in a room where you can't see any of your mates was very tricky. And I sort of struggled in those five days. I was bored. I having all these thoughts and I was just like, I don't like this. And there's a reason I don't like being by myself. And I realised that then. And then lockdown happened. 
those five weeks by myself happened and the first three weeks of those five weeks were awful like I really deteriorated in terms of my mental health and I really struggled quite a lot and I think the fact that I was by myself and I couldn't distract myself with other people I feel like all my problems were sort of highlighted to me in the first three weeks instead of solving them I feel like I'd sort of laid in them I wasn't getting much sleep every day yeah it wasn't very good for me it was quite unhealthy and I was in a really bad place in those three weeks and then after those three weeks I decided actually I need to sort of change things around a little bit I can't be in this place at the moment I had all these uni assignments due though which wasn't doing I literally had an assignment due like in a couple of days and I still hadn't started it and then that's when I decided actually my assignment's due next week I need to crack on with it as I went to crack on with it my laptop broke and I couldn't do anything so if I'm not going to do work for this week basically because I can't do it I need to sort of like do productive things I need to be productive now I need to use this time if I'm not going to do work I want to be productive and I want to healthy behavior so I started going out for runs every morning I started reading self-help books I started making myself healthier meals I sort of tried to get in a healthy habit of eating so I used to try and eat like three meals a day and I used to try and like make them all quite healthy and I feel like that makes a massive difference and yeah I just started to look after myself a bit more and I saw a change I thought actually things are going to get better like and then literally after those two weeks where I started to get in those healthy behaviours and run every day all this sort of thing my mates came back from home the house was semi full again and I just went backwards again another important factor to those five weeks was I had no money so I was a student living in Leeds five weeks by myself I had literally about £10 to my name and then after those £10 were gone I literally just had to ask my sisters for money, which I hate doing. And yeah, it was tricky and I feel like I didn't quite realise I had all these problems until those five weeks. And then when I came back to uni and I was going into my third year, I was like, actually, I don't know if I can do this. Now I've realised I've got all these issues, I feel like maybe it's something I should sort through. The reason I got therapy in the first place, basically, coming back to that, is my mate always just joked to me about ADHD, me having ADHD. I did an online test and it actually came back. They're like, oh, you know, you should see a GP. And I was like, oh, crap, it actually came back. I scored high, I should go see a GP. I went to go see the GP and she told me at that time that, yes, she thinks I might have ADHD, so I got sent off for that. But she also told me then at that time that she realised I actually scored very highly on the anxiety scale and very high on the depression scale. And so because of those reasons... I then ended up getting counselling and the counselling was good but like you said the first session for me was quite a lot because I'd not spoken about all these things. That first therapy session made me feel like I was actually starting to talk about things I'd blocked out and it felt so good and I was like oh my days like this is amazing like I'm actually opening up these things I feel a lot better I feel like a weight's being lifted and there was things I didn't go into but I touched upon. The fact that I touched upon this is massive for me. It's massive because it's in my head it's affecting me every single day but I'm not aware of it. So after that one session, the topics of my three other sessions with the counsellor ended up being about my struggles focusing and that sort of thing, my motivation. And so even after everything we talked about in the first session, we didn't really talk about any of the things that were actually affecting me or triggering me. And so although I feel like for most people, counselling is really good, for me, it didn't help me in the way that I actually needed help at the time because although my tr- struggles were f- focusing, and motivation. I don't think those are the things I needed the counselling for. Going back to what you said about you not being diagnosed just yet, I understand that you sent that referral off for your ADHD last year, but because of COVID, you haven't actually had the confirmation or not that you have it. 
How has that lack of clarity affected your mental health in the months since? Do you feel invalidated? Yeah, it's been quite tricky, you know, because towards the end of 2019 is when I had the referral sent off. And now we're in 2021, almost coming up to two years now. And yeah, it's, it's sort of a struggle because I, I feel like I have all these problems, but I feel like in some sort of way, which sounds saucily, but because I've not been told I have it, I feel like it's my problem at the moment to deal with. I feel like it's a, it is definitely a struggle. I would say, yeah, like it is hard to identify. It's a big thing to struggle with. All these symptoms that really do affect my daily life. And it probably is across my anxiety as well. It not only affects me as a person, but affects my relationships with other people in my house, my family, and with my friends. I lack attention, I lack focus. I literally can't hold conversations for long because my mind just goes a million miles per hour that like, if somebody's speaking to me, I'll have to interrupt them because of something that's come to my mind. And I don't want to do that. It's rude, I'm very aware that it's rude to interrupt people, but my mind just can't help it. And I literally will go up to people and I'll just like interrupt quickly and I just need to tell them something urgently. I don't follow through with things. I never end things, especially assignments. I leave assignments at last minute. It definitely affects my uni lifestyle because I, I constantly distract myself with other things, all this sort of stuff. And then it comes to like the night before my assignment, I'm like, I haven't done anything. I haven't started it. I haven't planned it. Probably barely know what the essay's on. So that night before for me, because I have so much pressure on myself, I literally smash it out. And I'm literally up to like 12 o'clock the next morning doing an all night uh, trying to do this essay. And then obviously doing that is not healthy. So that then makes me deteriorate in other ways because I put all that pressure on myself. I'm telling myself that I'm stupid and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, it definitely does affect my everyday life. And all these things are damaging. It's damaging because I blame myself for it. So all these symptoms that cause a hassle with like my everyday life and with relationships, I blame myself for it at the moment. And I think that's a massive issue for me. We've referenced it a bit already, but I want to discuss the big COVID-shaped elephant in the room because I can't imagine how hard it's been living through this whilst you were at university and then now obviously living with students. How has it been for you and your mental health and living with this trauma going on all around you? Have you almost been in a grieving period for the time it's taken away from you as students to enjoy yourselves, do those things that you'd want to do as students and have that normal student life, basically? Yeah, so last year when COVID first came about in March, the end of last second year did get destroyed, really, because it was sort of meant to be that period where, okay, we're going into the final year of university and everything's going to be massive stress. So the end of second year was the time where everybody's meant to enjoy the last couple of months and just like go a bit wild all this sort of thing and covid just destroyed all of that all these moments where i was meant to actually spend time with all these people i care about and enjoy spending time with all these people i care about just got taken away the same way it did for everybody else really and even as students everybody first went home when it first happened and spent time with their family locked down with their families but then when they came back it was like sort of their time to have fun but i think as students it was a lot harder because when you're in a house full of students and you're in lockdown and you can't go out and you can't see people it's very easy to get in unhealthy behaviors not only individually but as a group as a household it's very easy to drink every single day and to feel like you have to drink every single day because there's nothing else you can do there's no other activities you can't go out for meals you can't go out for lunch you can't meet people just for a walk that sort of stuff when these are meant to be the best years of their life and these are meant to be the years where they make their best friends and they 
doing all these crazy things and going out making all these memories for students you do feel like these are meant to be the best years of my life and they've been taken away so you're trying to make up that time by doing all these things in the house look this whole pandemic has affected us as a household a lot because we're all very outgoing individuals who like to get out and about and even in the street walks we love to get out me and my house not being able to see our mates and stuff has been tricky and seeing limited mates has definitely been quite hard. We have struggled with not being able to go in public spaces. And we're sort of sick of it. You get sick of the four walls you're in. I think that's one of the main issues for us students is these are meant to be the best years of your life. But we're literally stuck in four walls. Over this period of time, you've started to hate. Even though you're surrounded by amazing people, sometimes when you're with these people 24-7, I feel like... You know, sometimes people do clash at, at times, but luckily I'm with, a, I'm with a really good house, so we don't struggle in that sort of sense. But I feel like COVID has been really hard on students because, especially with people with mental health issues and being a student and having all these assignments and having to do it from, from home, it's not easy to bring yourself onto a lecture every morning when it's just a screen in front of you and you don't actually have to get out. It's very tricky. And I can speak on behalf of all my of my mates that, this year has been very hard for them. You took the step of deferring your final year of university because you wanted to work on your mental health, get the clarity on your ADHD diagnosis. Since September 2020, you've been working full-time in the NHS, although, as you said, you still live with your student mates. How difficult was that deferral decision to make? It was very difficult, to be honest. I feel like taking a year out from uni, if it's not a placement year, or, like I said, if it's not for a gap year for placement, I feel like there's bad views on it. I feel like you're meant to finish university and taking a year out is just like not a good idea unless it's for all those reasons. And when I first started talking to people about it, they were like, oh, just finish the year. Just finish the year. Just one year left. Just do it. Just do it. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> I can't finish the year. That's a problem I would love to. I'm not somebody who likes to show, you know, weakness or anything. So it was difficult because my reason for taking this year out was obviously because I needed a break. But I then had to admit to people I needed a break. And I need to tell people that things went okay because that was the only way to explain it. Because if I would just tell them I want a year from uni and didn't tell them what was wrong, then they'd be like, well, why? They wouldn't understand. They'd be like, well, why? Just finish. finish. If you're not going to travel, then what's the point? Telling my family and my parents was a big deal to me because, you know, I didn't want want to disappoint anybody. And for some people, it was like, okay, he's taking a break from uni in his course, does that mean he doesn't want to finish uni? Does that mean he wants to drop out? All these questions are going into people's heads. But I told my two sisters, at first they were like, surely just finish, finish the last year, just do it. What's the point? And then you can do whatever you want. You've got your degree. And I was like, but my problem was that it's not easy for me to finish this degree. I've already gone through the, two, the past two years struggling so much. And my grades have been affected because of it. I leave everything to the last minute. And... I used to go out like four or five times a week because I had my society mates and I had my uni mates. At least I used to go out like five times a week and not do any work. So my grades have struggled for the past two years. And then I thought, why am I doing this degree? Like, am I doing this degree for me or am I doing it for other people? And then when I realised that actually I should be doing the degree for myself, I was like, I want to finish this university experience on high. I want to finish with a good grade that I've actually worked for. That I want it to all be worthwhile. I don't want to struggle for the past three years to then maybe come out with like a third I don't want that. That's when I realised I needed to take a, a year out so that not only can I sort my mental health issues out, not only can I hopefully get my ADHD diagnosis, but also because sort my mental health out and getting a diagnosis, 
will allow me to work better, to put in more effort into my university life and my assignments and stuff. And all of these things will then enrich my experience a lot more because I'll be leaving university with a career that I've actually worked for, which is going to make me feel a lot better about myself and about things when I look back. And so, yeah, it was a massive deal for me because I was basically then had to admit to people that I was struggling, which I did. I told my sisters, and so I did defer. But all my friends, even now, and people I was going to work with were still like, you're not going to go back. You're not going to. You're somebody who doesn't finish things. So, like, now you've left and you're out of the loop. Like, you're, not, you're definitely not going to go back. And that made me more determined, if anything, to finish it because everybody knows what I'm like and they all... Everybody was telling me, like, you're not going to do it and I maybe want to do it a lot more. And so, yeah, it was hard, especially with an Asian family and <laughs> them all wanting me to finish university and get my degree and become a nurse. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure and I think that sort of added to my issues a bit more. The fact that I was taking this year out and this year was meant to be a year of me getting on track. But this whole year has been a pandemic, <laughs> so it's not been as easy as I thought it would be. Let's talk about something you're really passionate about, mate, and it's the reason we're speaking today, which is your platform, More For Men's Minds, which you started very recently. Why did you feel inspired to start it, and what is it aimed to do for the listeners who don't know? I wanted to start More For Men's Minds because, you know, mental health is such a big thing at the moment, and men don't feel comfortable speaking about their feelings because of how society has made them feel like they have to be this macho man and so me myself being a man and having mental health issues and struggling I sort of didn't want anybody else to go through it and even if it's just this area that I'm in Leeds or Aberdeen I just wanted to make the area that I live in more comfortable for people to speak about things because even if I just change things with my group of friends maybe if I can get them to, to speak to me about their issues then that's something I'm not expecting to change the world you know even if I just change one person's life through this process and allow one friend to open up to me. That's what I want to do. I want to allow people to speak to me about the issues, speak to somebody, get help, because they shouldn't be struggling. They shouldn't be spending their their days hating their life and just living for the sake of living. They should be living because they want to. And it turns out, you know, a lot more people are struggling than you, you may think. Men especially, I bet you, out of a group of lads, if you take 10 lads, I bet you probably a majority of them are actually struggling and are not, not going to say anything to you which is just crazy to me. And this is something that's been more apparent to me as I've sort of delved into the whole more for men's minds things. I have realised that a lot more people are struggling than people think. And, you know, people have actually spoke to me a lot more about the mental health. And people have actually maybe not gone all out, but they've made me aware that, you know, they're not 100% and they are struggling. And that's, that's enough for me. As long as I know, as long as they're starting to even make a change in themselves and tell people they're not okay, that's a great start. But yeah, I started him off men's mind because November was happening and a guy from back home had decided, unfortunately, to take his own life. And I wasn't close friends with this lad, but I'd met him a few times and I can honestly say he was amazing. He was the nicest person. Everybody knew him. Everybody loved him. He was always smiling. All I heard was good things about him. Before I even met him, everybody was like, oh yeah, this lad is like so funny and he's so nice and all this sort of things. And so immediately I already like thought he was a, a great guy. All these people were saying great things about him. And I think it was like November time, just before November. And he, they took his own life and I was really shocked. Really shocked. I was like, he's such a big name around where I'm from. And he's taken his own life. 
so that made me think everybody knew how happy he seemed how he was laughing all the time and there's all these tweets about you know you never know what somebody's going through all this sort of stuff. I was like yeah well actually guys you should maybe listen to this you don't know what people are going through and that's what was crazy to me it was so unexpected I saw the effect it had on his friends his girlfriend his family around him I saw the effect it had on people and I was like this lad who's amazing he brought out the best in people he looked out for other people so much he had more of an impact on them than he thought and he generally got got to the stage where he couldn't see any other way out he was struggling so much that he thought I can't speak to anybody about this I can't get help the only way out for me is to end things and for me I was like this amazing guy didn't even realise how much he was worth to everybody. I don't think I can have it that happen to anybody else. I don't think I could have that happen to any of my friends. I want to change that. That shouldn't happen to anybody. No family member, no friend should have to see somebody who's so loved be taken away purely on the basis that they feel like they couldn't open up about things. That just shouldn't happen. I decided, actually, I'm going to do November. I was like, I want to do a bit more. I didn't want to do something too crazy because I didn't. I was scared that maybe like I might not have an impact. But then I thought, actually, I'm not doing this to make a big worldwide thing. I'm doing it to make a difference to my mate and the people around me. And so that's when I thought, actually, it's November. I want to do more than just grow my mustache because I had a, I have a beard anyway. So I was like, it's not going to be hard for me to grow a mustache. And so I thought, I want to use November, especially because November's done for testicular cancer, prostate cancer. It's also done to support men with mental health. I want to do something. So I thought, I'll get a group of lads together, boys from back home and boys from Leeds. We'll all get together. I'll make this page. I'll give people advice and support and we'll raise all this money from, from November and for also Mind and... So Mind, November and Calm. I was like, we'll raise all this money and we can give it to them, but also through raising money, I also want to raise awareness because for me, the money was just like a side thing. It'd be great to provide the money, but for me, I wanted to raise awareness. So... I got all these lads involved. There's guys just send me a picture. Give me one picture a week. That's what I'm asking for. It's not a big commitment. I also talked to these guys. I was like, I also want you all to start talking to each other. Have a good week. Like, I was speaking to these guys in the chat saying, you know, look after yourselves, that sort of thing. It starts with us as a group. It starts with us. We need to spread this message to the men should be able to speak about their feelings and should talk about things. We're doing this for a reason. It's not just about money. That's where more men's minds came from because I wanted to do more than just grow my stash. I wanted to make a change. And what feedback have you had doing the platform so far? Have there been any messages from people or stories you've shared from men on the platform that have meant a lot to you? And doing it for the time you have, what has it taught you about yourself, do you think, Kish? I'll be honest, recently the page hasn't been as up-to-date as I would like it to be at the moment. But the initial response was good. People really like to see that this sort of thing was being talked about. I think people rated the idea. And for me, the fact that people liked the idea and was so enthusiastic about it. It was such a good thing because then I found that people did actually start speaking about things a lot more because everybody was talking about the page. They were then starting to talk about their mental health and like about, yeah, you know, I do struggle sometimes and all that post you did about this or they've all got these helplines now and yeah, people just started to talk about things and I have had people speak to me a bit more about their mental health. You know, there's not necessarily them telling me all of the issues. I know there's a lot more underneath the surface, but they've been able to open up to me about certain things like just tell me that they're not okay or that they're struggling and I've been able to say okay well maybe you should do this and maybe you should actually seek help or maybe you should talk about things a bit more like open up to me a bit more like give me a call give me a FaceTime even the few posts that I've done just reminding people that you need to look after yourselves and 
it's okay to talk about things. Just seeing those posts have helped people, I think. Even if it's the few, just having a reminder on your Instagram feed does make a difference. I think coming from a mate rather than a doctor or anything like that, coming from a mate just reminding you to look after yourself and to speak to them about things is a big difference. It sort of allows you to take it in a bit more. And as a final question, Kish, when we talk about more for men's minds, we're not just talking about men, but we're talking about brothers, dads, sons. How have you incorporated that into More For Minds core messaging? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, it's men, but saying men is just such a broad term. I am a man, but I'm also a son to my mum. I'm a brother, like I said. When you think about it like that, and you think, actually, yeah, it is dads, brothers, uncles, best mates, all these sort of things, it allows people to then think, actually, something does need to change a bit more. Like, I don't want my dad to be going through this. I don't want my brother to be going through that. I don't want my uncle, my granddad. It affects all men. It's not just, like, a singular... It's not just, oh, just your mate. It affects everybody. And so I think it's really important that we actually realise that it is more serious than you think. If you don't want your family members or your best mates to be struggling, I feel like it's our responsibility as society to make things more comfortable for people to talk about things and for your family members to open up about things. Because if you don't want people to be going through these things, then you as, as a person need to then stop making the environment you're in and the people you're with, you need to make that environment more comfortable to be speaking about these things. And you can only do that if you are personally making a change in that area, if that makes sense. So it all starts with you. So everybody needs to make a change. Everybody needs to go the extra extra mile just to make sure everybody's okay to talk about these things and I think if everybody does this then I feel like things will get a lot better that's what more for men's mind is about looking after the men around you because at the moment it's harder for them to speak about these things your dad might be struggling and he might not even know and how heartbreaking would it be to realize that your dad's struggling it'd be horrible and so I'd definitely be speaking to my dad a lot more about things and about his mental health and things and I, th- I think it's helped I think it's helped both of us because I think even the older generation don't realise what they're going through because mental health wasn't talked about then. So if people now have realised that they're going through issues because it's more talked about, the older generation have no clue that the issues they're going through are actually need to be sorted out. They have no clue. And so that's why my page is not only just to, for our generation, they're for all generations of men. We all need to be able to talk about things. But yeah, my More For Men's Minds page, it's a Facebook page and it's an Instagram page. And all you have to do is follow at More For Men's Minds. And there's a link there for my Facebook page. And yeah, I'll basically just be providing support, advice, tips on maybe how to deal with anxiety, depression, any other mental health issues. And there's helplines there that I like to post regularly. And all the helplines I post are very useful. And they're all non-profit organisations and they help like they could just call for a chat. You don't have to be suicidal to call them. You don't have to be any sort of way. They are literally, if you want to get something off your chest and you're feeling quite low, you can call them and they will surely just listen. And it just gives people an opportunity just to get things off their chest. I also want to use my platform to share other people's experiences. So when I first started the page initially, what I wanted to do was um, I wanted to get people men, my friends, people, to send me their experiences with mental health and how they struggled, whether they recovered or even if they haven't recovered, that's how they've struggled. Literally in like a small little paragraph or however long they want to make it really. 
but I wanted them to post that anonymously onto the page so then other men can read this account from a, another man and see, hang on, this guy's going through all of this. I share those experiences with him. I understand. I also feel like that too. The more they see these posts of other people's experiences, I feel like they'll feel more comfortable talking about their issues because they'll realise that they're not alone. And that's how it first started. I haven't got any of that done yet, but it's an upcoming thing that I'm going to try and work on a lot more because it takes a bit more planning. So I will be working on that soon. Even if you're listening to this right now and you want to share your experiences with me, please do. And I just want people to know that my platform is a place where people can message me for help because I would more than happy to listen to anybody who wants to come and share their experiences with me and have a chat. We have come to the final topic of this podcast, Kish, and it's one I try and have with all my special guests, which is a general natter and chat about our mental health. So firstly, and you can definitely include the worldwide circumstances we are living in, or you can exclude them at time of recording. How would you say your mental health is at the moment, mate? My mental health at the moment is probably not the best, but also, I'm just being honest, it probably not isn't the best at the moment. Like I said, it's, it's hard to get help. The hardest part is reaching out, and I've done that. I have contacted GP, so, you know, I am actually getting help at the moment, which was very hard. It's taken another year and a half to do that, but I'm doing it. So, yeah, it's not amazing, but I'm sure I'll get better. That's okay, mate. And to be honest, I love it when people answer as honestly as they can because everyone's mental health is not great at the moment. If you felt comfortable saying, mate, what mental health issues or conditions, if any, do you live with and how do they affect you in your day-to-day life? So in terms of mental health, I struggle massively with anxiety, which I wasn't aware of, like I said, until the GP told me. And I do struggle sometimes with depression. It may not be obvious to people, but I do, I do struggle with depression as well. And then obviously my ADHD, which is undiagnosed at the moment, has an impact. What age do you think you were, Kish, when you became self-aware for the first time and realised that the feelings you were having weren't physical and they were actually in your mind and a product of your mental health? Self-aware? I feel like I've been struggling since I was about 12, 11, 12, to be quite honest. I feel like I've always had these issues and... I struggled quite a lot when I was younger. I remember doing certain things. And now I look back on it, I think, actually, that was not okay. Like, what was I doing? So I'd say self-aware about 11, 12. Things got a lot worse. But then I'd say when I was sort of just living with it for all that time and just trying to get by, like, literally just taking year by year sort of thing. And then I'd say when the GP told me in October 2019, where the GP told me about the anxiety and depression, that sort of stuff, I then actually realised that I am actually struggling and it is actually these things it is depression it is anxiety but i wouldn't I never would have labeled it as that before i just thought you know i'm just living my life struggling whatever but i didn't realize it was anxiety depression until the gp told me can you tell me about the first conversation you ever had with someone about your mental health who was it with what impact did it have and at the time did it feel like a big weight had lifted or a big burden had been lifted off your shoulders maybe you had entered a new chapter in your life or did it seem fairly insignificant and normalised? My first ever, ever chat was with the GP in 2019. It was more of like a shock than anything because when she told me, she told me like as if like I'd had like a big disease or something. She'd like broken down to me like, she's like, so I think 
you're struggling with depression and anxiety and I was like right <laughs> I was like right okay I just didn't really know what to say back to her really because like I said it's something I was aware of but I wasn't actually aware of so it was a massive shock to me and it was very hard to deal with because I got offered antidepressants so it was a lot to actually think about so I remember going home that day and had my second chat with somebody so I had to call my sisters my amazing younger sisters and I called them and I talked to them about ADHD I just broke down on the phone and I'm not somebody who cries. I don't cr- cry often. I, yeah, I just remember breaking down on the phone as I was telling them about the ADHD thing and they were like, what's wrong? I was like, oh, well, the doctor, the GP also mentioned that she thinks I have depression and anxiety and I just broke down on the phone. They're like, whoa, whoa, like calm down. Like, it's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was just a lot to take in because that was the first time I'd ever told family member or friend or anybody that I'm struggling. Never mind depression or anxiety. I just felt like I told anybody I was struggling. It was massive for me. It was very hard. But also it felt so good to just let somebody know. It literally felt like a weight lifted. And I was able to, they literally told me that, you know, it was going to be okay. I could stay with them. They were so supportive. And they were like, yeah, you know, this is something you need to work through. This is something you need to get help about because you shouldn't be living life like this. The GP even said, you shouldn't be living your life, living each day thinking you don't want to be there. You need to actually want to live it. And, you know, life doesn't have to be horrible. Life can be amazing. And I think that's something we always need to remember, that life can be amazing. What triggers do you have, Kish, that affect your mental health? That could be a social environment, could be a sound, could be a sensation, could be something someone says to you, or have you not figured all of them out yet? That's a really good question. I wouldn't say I've figured them out yet, I don't think. I think it's a bit still all over the place for me. I'd say maybe one of the triggers would definitely be around the body image we talked about earlier. Those are deep-rooted issues from when I was younger, like we talked about earlier. I feel like that's a, one of the things I dislike about myself. And so I feel like that on top of maybe the whole ADHD thing with me, like constantly like leaving things to the last minute, being unorganised. And they're all reasons I pinpoint to myself that because I don't want to get things done. I just dislike these things about myself. And I say... Those are probably the triggers. I probably don't do things and I beat myself up over them. For me, I think it's putting too much pressure on myself, not completing things. And so they all just get me down. And then also, what tools and methods help your mental health or improve them? Which ones have you found that have worked and maybe which ones that you've tried but haven't? Really good question again. I'm still in that period where I'm still trying to do things. You know, it's a lot easier. I know it's been a year and a half, but it's, it's a lot harder than seems i haven't tried a lot of things i'm still in the period of trying things but one thing that has has helped me a lot is reading self-help books i'm not gonna act like i read every day or i read a million books because i've literally i've read one book (laughs) in the year and a half and it was great it was called the set lot not giving a fuck that was a great book i'm definitely somebody who cares a lot and a book i'm reading at the moment which i've literally been reading for months and I'm just really bad at reading, but it is so helpful. It's called The Power of Now. And it's just about like living in the moment and doing things for yourself and realizing that each day can be great if you make it and that anxiety is just not a thing. <laughs> like stressing about the future is silly because the future is not even there. It's all a perceived like concept. So I'd say reading has helped me a lot because some of the things I read in that book, I then tell myself on a daily basis. And so I shouldn't be worried about the future because the future is yet to come. I should just deal with problems as they come and that's just one thing that the book told me so I say reading is something that helps me a lot taking time away from your phone is so important social media is not good I'm definitely somebody who's on their phone a lot but social media is not good 
just good to take breaks from that and that's what I have been doing I have been taking breaks on social media just taking part in hobbies I used to enjoy that I maybe haven't done for a while so I've been doing some art recently paintings that was quite relaxing it takes your mind off things you know you're not sort of thinking about any issues you have or anything like that you just simply just going with the flow and just enjoying yourself in terms of tools I don't use many tools or anything like that at the moment but what I will say is there are a few things I did find useful from counselling. like talking about your emotions that you've gone through throughout the day and you're thinking about why you felt like that, how you can switch that around. So how you could make things better is a way that sometimes helps me is if I felt bad, what could I have done to make things better in that moment? Thinking about that then allows me to change things in the future. Toxic masculinity is something we try and break down a lot on this podcast and it's something you've already spoken about very articulately earlier on in the pod hopefully very soon it can be in a very small minority what does it mean to you and what examples of toxic masculinity have you experienced because I know you mentioned about you being friends with girls and back then when I was at school and definitely it seems like you're you were at school that sort of universal homophobia for anything that isn't very hyper masculine was was very common did that affect you in any way maybe question why you like certain things yeah 100 percent. homophobia is definitely like a massive thing especially where I, where I was from like i said like growing up i was literally picked on purely in the fact that i have feminine traits toxic masculinity is just like this level of masculinity as men are just like expected to aspire to to be that macho man to be hard to not talk about things and to constantly be like rough and all this sort of stuff whereas like i said earlier i'm sort of not a rough lad i'm probably quite soft in that sort of a sense and very caring and i'm not somebody who would like never been in a fight never punch someone don't play rugby <laughs> none of that that's sort of like how men are expected men are expected to play some sort of sport and the fact that i didn't play sport or anything like that was like a big deal so yeah like toxic masculinity to me is like crazy because like Men are expected to like suppress their emotions and like to hide any distresses they're going through purely on the basis that they're just meant to look the same way. To me, it's just crazy. You're meant to have this like trying to keep up this appearance that all men are like this. It's just silly, but also trying to portray that these men are all tough and all this sort of thing. It sort of does the other side and tries to portray that women are then also like the opposite. It's a toxic masculinity portrays women to be like weak and not so strong or sort of thing so it's bad both ways it's just not good you know we should always be able to talk about how we feel you know especially i think for men toxic masculinity thing can lead to like violence being used a lot more you know they feel the need to be rough and violent it's obviously not good for the world to do this i think it needs to change for us i think we all need to change i know from my friendship group hugging each other lads hugging like why is that a bad thing I know when I first hugged my mates back home, they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> They're like, why are you hugging me for? And I'm like, hug. I definitely started the whole hugging thing in my, my group back home because people never used to do it because they used to see it as, they used to see it as like a feminine thing to do, which is just not good. Like, a hug is a hug. It's a hug is a way of showing that you care about somebody. And me and my mates hug all the time. And the fact that that is seen as a feminine thing to me is just crazy. And just finally, Kish, what more do you think we have to do to ensure men from all backgrounds feel comfortable and safe in opening up about their mental health issues or their mental health if they want to do it? I think it's important for men to realise that they can be strong, but also kind, loving and caring. There's no reason you can't be both. 
you can be tough and do all these things and take control but also you can do it in a loving and caring way i feel like we all need to learn to express negative feelings talk about things a lot more but i think the way we can change this is just by embracing other men like make the world more comfortable with like for example the lgbtq plus community if you're a straight man make it more comfortable for them like make gay men or bisexual men like, make all these people more comfortable i think that's a big thing moving forward if you know mates or you know people like don't act a certain way around them don't make them feel uncomfortable i feel like a lot of these people i feel like you should just, just allow them to be who they are and i feel like one way that we can break toxic masculinity is allowing people to be themselves and letting people know that it's okay to be themselves and not judging people by how they're acting also another thing is if all men start to feel comfortable to do all these feminine things as they deemed if we do all these things and start embracing them then things will surely start to change like hugging each other and all these other feminine things looking after yourself and like you know stupid things like skincare routines is deemed as like a feminine thing like that is silly and if you just do things like that and just look after yourself and just realize that actually it's all just nothing we should care about then things can obviously look up, you know, destroying that sort of male ego sort of thing. And just looking after your lads, looking after your mates around you, realising that it's okay to just be however you are. Just expressing affection for each other, I think it's important. Well, we have come to the end of this episode of the Just Checking In podcast. I want to say a massive thanks to Kishan for being my special guest for this episode and for letting me check in with him. I'll chuck some links to where you can follow More For Men's Minds on social media in the show notes and donate to their crowdfunder if you want to support the cause. As always, thank you to all the vendors who've tuned into this episode of the pod. And as always, if you've liked what you've heard, please give it a share on social media. Tell your friends or work colleagues about it. Or if you like what we're doing at Vent, please write us a review and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or support our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash venthelpuk. We hope to check in with you again very soon. And remember, it's always okay to vent. Thank you.